fiends, Holly here. What you are about to hear is a live recording done in my den without the benefit of microphones or any kind of sound equipment or soundproofing material. It was done for our live YouTube Campfire Stories special on Thursday, March 17th, St. Patrick's Day. And because this was live, you're gonna hear things like Zero walking in and doing stuff. There'll be some ambient room noise. Also, we are responding to people who are talking to us via the chat box. So if we sound like we're talking to nobody, just like responding, that's why. But the stories are all there. They're really, really fun. And we wanted to share them with all of you. So I hope you enjoy our Irish Two Truths and a Lie. Feel free to play along from wherever you are. And um, I hope we can all have a good laugh about this together in the Facebook group soon. Anyhow, um, so this is going to be our live campfire stories from St. Patrick's Day. Uh, just a little bonus, and I hope you enjoy. That's your aunt. Um, I knew you'd be happy about that. It's also a card. I love that. Or a peppermint patty. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Or a burger, like a burger patty, yeah. but it's mm-hmm. not. Nope. St. Patrick. That is patty with a D. Anyway, welcome back to another rousing Irish campfire story night. We do not have the fire going because it is too warm. Um, this is our first live stream since Christmas because for some reason I decided that St. Patrick's Day was very important to us. We, yes. I don't know. I don't really know why. We well, just kind we of had shirts. I know. I made these shirts. <laughs> Leslie did make these shirts. I love our toast shirts. We toast every week. And also, um, our first year, I think um, Bridget Clary was one of the first, one of our first five cases. St. Patrick's Day fell within. We Our first episode debuted on February 11th, right before Valentine's Day. That was about love. And then shortly afterwards, we did one that was Irish-based for St. Patrick's Day. So we did a story about changelings and and Leslie, what, what was that? What did you suggest? Leslie's what? Leslie's uh, <clears throat> I'm gonna think about it a little while longer because I sprung it on her. What do we have? It's time for Leslie's Leprechaun Lessons. Today is your lucky day. Yeah. We do this every time and you never see it. <laughs> but we do do it. Zero! My dog is being the most right now. I'll get him in a minute and hold him. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, we did all that. We had a really good time with it, and then we just kind of grew with it last year, and we thought, like, this is kind of a fun thing for us. Plus, Irish folklore is, like, a lot. There's a lot going on, a lot of fun spooky stories to tell, so we just kind of latched onto it, and here we are. Um, Three years of special episodes and our second St. Patty's Day Live. So... This year, we have John with us as a guest storyteller. Hello. Oops, he made bread for our patrons. It was very exciting, and we're not forcing him to put makeup on our faces. We're just enjoying <laughs> his company tonight. Just hanging out. Which is our favorite way to do things. Um, 
Yeah, so if you're a patron, you saw John make some delicious soda bread. Um, we also might have talked about nonsense or taken BuzzFeed quizzes, uh, made drinks and gossiped, and it was like the most delightful, fun time anyone has ever had in the history of fun times, which sounds awesome, right? And it was. And if you're sad that you missed out on it, well, just sign up to be a patron. I think everybody is, but you know what? That's fine. <laughs> then you get the invites to all of our fun events and Zoom calls. It's a very exclusive club, and once a year, we wear green. Also, don't forget to rate and review We Would Be Dead if you want more special events like this. Planning additional things and telling more stories takes up a lot of our vital life forces. Oh, I am drained. Ugh. And without a weekly dose of, what is that B word that we use a lot? What do we need? Validation. You did lean into the country. I did. <laughs> it's getting more and more country. <laughs> the Jackie Ch- Hart sound was there. <laughs> it's getting a little more country every time. <laughs> Yeah, so without our weekly dose of validation, we melt into puddles on the floor. It's it's gross, and you don't, you don't want to see it. So please hop on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave us a five-star rating and or a friendly review. And if you want to validate John, you can follow him on any of his social media accounts. Do you want to plug any of those, friend? Uh, Beast of Beauty 912 on Instagram and John Redicast Official on TikTok, where I just do the most random things. They're all glorious. If you want to give John <laughs> a little validation, head over there and, and do so. And make sure you get the John Redicasa Official, because you don't want the other yeah, There's so many Anyway, um, this isn't an actual episode, so I don't really have any, come here, Roro, you're so bad. So I don't really have any news, but if you haven't listened to um, this year's St. Patrick's Day offering, The Legend of Darkie Kelly, you should go listen to that. So good, by the way. Thank you. What a good story that was, and I had never heard of it before. Um, It was wild to research, and as you know, Leslie, and I love an old-timey moment, this week I promised to do something a little more modern, because you've lived with us in the dark ages for quite a long time now, (laughs) and we thank you for that. Um, I think that's it. Leslie, do you have anything to add before we begin? Well, Holly, we didn't do our opening. Oh, that's right, we didn't. I'll get it in. Okay. John, do you have anything to add before we begin? No. No? No. All right, then. It's okay. I never do. Never do. <laughs> I'm Holly. I'm Leslie. I'm John. And we, we would be dead. Campfire stories! <laughs> zero, don't crawl. That's zero. He didn't get into the I'm thing and he's mad. I'm zero. There you go. <laughs> um, so we wanted to do something different this year, something we all really liked in the past, and something that allows you all a little more chance to interact and participate. So we decided that this year we would play, drumroll please, Irish Two Truths and a Lie. Yes. Here's how it goes. Each of us have a different topic. Mine is uh, scary Irish folklore creatures. Leslie, what do you have for us tonight? I have um, Irish-related true crimes. And John, what do you have? I have haunted locations in Ireland. All right. Very exciting. So here's how we play. Each of us will tell three short stories, two are true, and one we made up right from scratch. When we are finished with our three tales of terror, everyone will guess which are true and which is a lie. We'll guess after, after each set, so don't worry about forgetting details. Beans, who would you like to hear first? Don't worry, you can't hurt our feelings. We're all winners here. Oh, yeah. It's the first one to answer. Whatever topic you like. Like, give me a couple. What do you want to hear first? Ghost, ghost haunted like, location. Is Sandra behind on our... Oh, no, Sandy, are you a little behind? Going behind. <laughs> we already did validation. Said, no, that's the mead talking. Oh. <laughs> oh, yes, love your mead. I 
I love it. I'm trying to find where I have this YouTube link open, and I can't right now because I don't have so many. When do I not have so many? So. Okay, then check out really quiet. Leslie's trying to look at mine, so she's gonna be like, "I'm gonna guess." Who do you want to hear first? Yeah. Gonna need some answers, please. Or else we're all just gonna sit here for a very we're long time. Just or we're all gonna talk at once. Oh, I like that. We're just gonna get them all done at one time, and then that's gonna be it. All right, everyone, choose between John, myself, I'm Leslie, I'm Holly, John. It's true. That's you. He has no offerings, but he really wants to be involved. None whatsoever. I know. Not a thought behind those eyes. All right. I choose Leslie, you're first. Okay. It's me. If all if you all wanted someone else, I'm sorry. Fellow me to choose, and I was gonna eat the rest of my bread. <laughs> all right. My first story. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying not to look because I <laughs> Oh, it doesn't, you won't be able to tell. I didn't, I didn't write anything. I, didn't either, I remembered which one I wrote, <laughs> so I didn't need to, like... I remember which one I wrote, too, yeah. so... <laughs> Pikachu, I choose you. Okay. That is you got an option. option. If you said, let the special <laughs> guest go first. Uh-oh. <gasps> Someone said John. I don't care. I'll go first if you want me to go first, or you can go first. John, you go first. All right. I just went down the line. Let's okay. get spooky in here. All right, we're going to give it to John. I just hyped them. Let zero pick. Let zero pick. <laughs> that would be you. Listen, you guys are going to pick me. So. All right. Well, settle in, everyone. Um, so I'm doing some haunted places. I want to tradition. So let's get started with the first story. Known as the most haunted house in Ireland, Ireland, and said to be haunted by the devil himself, Ooh. the fate of Loftus Hall as one of the most haunted places in Ireland was perhaps set in stone due to its construction in 1350 Ooh. during the time of the Black Death. Oh, so it was partially used as a like hospital for a while during the Black Death. Um, located in the coast of Ireland in County Wexford, the legend of Loftus Hall actually dates from the 18th century when a mysterious stranger came calling to the Tottenham family who occupied the house at the time. Legend has it that the Tottenham daughter, Anne, became infatuated with a handsome stranger who called upon the Tottenham family. He had a lengthy stay at the hall, and one night while they were playing cards, Lady Anne dropped a card while bending down to retrieve it. She caught a glimpse of the stranger under the table and realizing that this mysterious stranger was none other than the devil, due to the fact that he had a cloven hoof in place of a foot. No! This yes. guy was just at her party. She was like, just, oh, hi! Yeah. <laughs> she was like, mm, no, thank you. That's a wild party. Right? Soon after, the mysterious stranger disappeared when he burst into flames <laughs> after being recognized as the, de as the devil and flew through the roof. I'm really mad he didn't turn into a thousand bats. <laughs> it would have been much more dramatic. <laughs> it would have been. Um, Anne, who was being driven mad by the devil's visit, brought shame on the whole family due to her supposed hysterics and was subsequently locked away in her room where she died several years later. Oh, God. So the devil went to her party and then she just went to her room she and died. Then, she went crazy and her family locked her up. They said, no, you can't get out. And there was even a rumor at one point that she was impregnated by the devil. And some Where stories, which there's no proof of this, but there are some stories that she had the baby and buried it inside the walls. 
Okay. She like killed the baby and buried it inside the walls because she didn't want to have any part with having the devil's child. It was a dark Kelly. It sounds like it kind of was dark Kelly. Right? Yeah. yeah. The stories are very similar. Um, it is said that Anne Hunt. <laughs> It's so the Anne Hans Loftus Hall, which is said to be to have be like a hive of poltergeist, which is not poltergeist activity. Poltergeist are like people causing the problems. So there's just high. Right. We, we talked about that. that at one point, where like mm-hmm. it's your energy coming back at you. Yes, poltergeist, exactly. not an actual. You remember? I remember everything you say. <laughs> I listen. So I got not... the leprechaun quiz pretty right. Yeah, you did. We keep going. <laughs> um, so it's not poltergeist activity, but it's like highly crazy, like supernatural activity um and many other spooky specters reside there to this very day the devil left his mark on loftus hall um where above the table where they would play cards there's this big like burn and it was a hole and it's patched over but they keep painting over it and nothing the paint won't stick it just keeps peeling off and becoming a hole so very spooky zero what did you bring me oh your toy that makes the most sound in the world it sounds like a crackling fire, you know? Ooh, it's like a shop right bag inside a stuffed toy. Cause... It's a crackling fire. Sorry. <laughs> right. um, where was I? Oh. So people can go and stay at this hotel or this terrifying place, and they report all different kinds of things between scratching and pushing down stairs and cruises and hearing disembodied voices, catching shadows and pictures. But it kind of gets even worse because there's a lot of crazy things that happened here. Okay. Um, and they... Well... Hold on. I lost my spot. Yeah, because my dog, who is so extra, needs the attention to be on him. Oh no! Oh, it's a little snowman, y'all. It's very cute. I'm gonna get him something. Okay, but as of the end of 2021, Loftus Hall has been permanently closed, and many people speculated that it was due to all the crazy paranormal activity. Yeah. Because nobody was allowed to investigate there anymore. But it gets worse because the owners are turning it into a hotel where they will not speak of any of the paranormal activity or devilish guests ever again. So now, eventually, once they refurbish it, um, it's going to, you're going to be able to stay there. Okay. Oh no! And it's going to be just a hotel. Okay, and they're not going to. Like, and they're going to literally be like, "Nope, no, nothing happened here. Don't worry about it. Just enjoy your stay." I don't care for that at all. Right. I no. think that's real shady. It's well, super shady. You can't be doing that. Although I'd rather that not know. Yeah, but then what if you're staying <laughs> you there and all of a sudden crazy things be, happen? Well, but then I'd like to find that out later, but otherwise I'm going to be like, oh, shit. You can stay somewhere else. Yeah. You could be informed and just not be there. Right. Ugh. No one's forcing Ugh. you. It's all right. Well, we also have discussed that we do not want to sleep in haunted locations. That's not our thing. But I will get them to do it eventually. We won't sleep, but we will be there overnight. We'll be there overnight. I no, anyway. I will. I will sleep. And the first thing I will do, is I will just, I will, I will just go to sleep, <laughs> and I will sleep through the whole night. <laughs> I will not be fun. Nobody will. Everyone will be like, "This was a waste. Why did we take her?" I'm just gonna fall asleep. I'll be up all night. I can scare you all night, though. Neither one of us sleep ever at all. We'll be up all night. Y'all have a great time there. Yeah, so we obviously all know that my, like, greatest fear is snakes. So I've gone camping before, and literally all I have to do is just, I just pass out, and I just stay asleep because I'm like... And then you don't have to think about it. Yeah, I don't have to think about it. So that's like, I'm terrified, but I wear myself out being so scared. (laughs) 
Oh, so, that I just fall so you sleep well. Yes. Okay. Best sleep I ever had being terrified. You know what? I should go. Let's go. All right. We'll get you a nice rest. John and I will stay up the whole night. Talk to all the spooky ghosties. It'll be great. I'm here for it. All right, so story two. All right, that was story number one. Yes, Loftus number one. Hall. That Loftus was good. Hall. I, believe, I think I believe that one. Okay, let me do a two. I believe that one. All right, this is two. Number two, the Hellfire Club, um, or Montpelier Hill, mm-hmm. as it's commonly known, is an old ha- hunting lodge set in the Dublin mountains with a very strange past. Founded in the 18th century by Richard Parsons, a Freemason, and the first Earl of Ross, the Hellfire Club invented its me- invited its members to deviate from the social norms of the day and take a walk on the wild side of life. Yes, I sure did. If the Hellfire Club had a motto, then it would probably be anything goes. From debauched behavior and satanic rituals, it seems that nothing was off limits for members of the Hellfire Club. They're so bad. I know, right? <laughs> Indeed, it is said that the ultimate aim for members of the Hellfire Club was to summon Satan to their meetings. To this effect, members of the club, led by their president, the King of Hell, dabbled in dark magic and conducted black masses. If legend is to be believed, the Hellfire Club also sacrificed animals and even dabbled in cannibalism when they sacrificed and then consumed a servant girl in, the request, in their quest to summon the Dark Lord. Every time I can't, I laugh every time I hear the dark word. The dark load. The dark load. <laughs> um, even dark today, load. paranormal investigators arrive on the grounds to find animal skulls still covered in sinew and insects. Ew. Uh, and they find like candles and stuff like that. That's but that's nice. Normal. I know candles. Good. <laughs> nice. yes, candles and also Ooh. bloody bones. I mean, my house is full of skulls. That's there are sounds like a shop insects. we would open. Right. Yeah, I would candles be- and bloody bones. <laughs> Oh, I love that. Yeah. Can that be another science? Candles yeah. and bloody bones. Yeah. Just soot. Ooh, it has to be like two bros. Like something that like might overpowering is just a little bit too much. Yes. You know? Okay. Okay. That's sickly sweet. Just, just put that in the back of your head. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. I'm going to forget about it immediately. So I can't remember shit. Um, but I like it. Remind us. So they arrive on the grounds, they find animal skulls and stuff like that, but they that's not all they arrive to. More often than not, the investigators arrive to abandoned equipment, burnt out candles, leftover ritual items, and more. It's almost as if the investigators just couldn't hack it, and they were chased off the land by presiding spirits. In reality, not much is known about what actually went on inside the stone walls of the Hellfire Club, because it did burn down. Okay. Um, really, really. <laughs> Everything I burned down. I know. No, this is the thing, though. It burned down the first time because it was more like it was made out of wood. Right. And they rebuilt it. And you can go see ruins of it still. Yeah. There. And um, it is made out of stone now, okay. so it's still there. And there's many, many parts of it are. There just is a like, photo of it in our photo suite this week. Okay. Oh yeah. It it doesn't mean the story's true. It only means true. That's true. That's true. That's true. Elements. You that's can use, true. <laughs> you can't <laughs> elements, elements and tell a fake story. Mm-hmm. Um, but supernatural reports have been connected to the lodge since it was built in 1725. That's 297 years of haunted history, Ugh. debauchery, Ugh. rituals, Ugh. devils, Ugh. demons, Ooh. and spirits. I like that demons got a... Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. They could be very handsome. Who knows? We don't know. Um, it doesn't matter what you do or don't believe in. Stepping foot on the land will send an electric shiver down your spine and raise all the hairs on the back of your neck. There is an energy there, and it waits for you. 
Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. We gasp. <gasps> uh, John, I love that that was a tag this week. Spoilers if you didn't listen. That was a gasp. <laughs> we gasp. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie got on board so fast too. I didn't tell her to do that. She just also, she was like, yeah, okay, we gasp. I love that. Perfect. Alright, so we talked a little bit about the hell yeah. Okay. And three. The demon of Lothcrew, Meath in Meath Ireland. And I, I don't know if it's actually pronounced Lothcrew or like Lowcrew. Say it with an Irish accent. I can't Sing do it. it. Sing I it. Can't. How's it spelled? L-O-U-G-H-C-R-E-W. <laughs> L-O-U-G-A. So I was like, I'm not sure if it's like low crew. Loft. Yeah, loft. 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 Okay, that's I what know. I thought. That was how I would imagine it. Because I, also... I also know people like McLaughlin. And yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very good association. Well done, Leslie. Thank you. This takes place in Meath, Ireland, which if Dublin is here, it's like way over like in the middle of Ireland. So it's kind of like in the heart of Ireland. Deep in the rolling hills of Ireland, miles and miles away from the populated city of Dublin is Loft Crew. A large... Is that, is that how we decided? <laughs> okay. Well, large, if that's how it's pronounced. <laughs> a, large, <laughs> a large state park surrounded by a forest and greenery. And there in the center of it all lays the monolithic stones known as the Cairns of Loft Crew. Unfortunately, the Cairns? The Cairns are they very judgmental? They're all, they all have like that, you know, the cut. Yeah. Okay. And they're all, like they have returns. It's just the long lines of people with returns. Yeah. Who, and they want to talk to the manager. They'll talk to the manager immediately. Whoever they are. This is the scariest one you've told. I, and it gets worse. Oh, no. <laughs> because this all takes place in a Target. No, I I'm love just Target. Kidding. How dare you ruin it? <laughs> I just got lived, like, moved to a place where I could go to a Target. I know. That must be really exciting. He's lying. <laughs> all right. Unfortunately, um... What comes with the ancient uh, stones is not the sight of some handsome Irishman coming through the stones to fall oh. for you to fall in love with, because that's Scotland. Oh, um, that's you know, true. Yeah, Outlanders. Everybody is Outlander yeah. fan. Me too. Me too. Four episodes in, <gasps> oh, I was just excited by the my mom's general dream. Right? Could you imagine just some handsome man like popping through a stone like I love you now? Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's not she terrible. got some good ass on that show. <laughs> <laughs> See what you got when you come to a live. <laughs> You'd say that on the podcast. I would, yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, the, per- the thing that makes Loft at home is much less handsome and far less nice. Resting in the ancient stones is something simply known as the, okay, Dorcabrora. Yeah, have fun. Or in yeah, English, it means the dark bringer. Sound cheery? I didn't think so. The dark lord. <laughs> it's just Voldemort. Um, Lofcrew aren't just standing stones, they're burial sites, and walking onto the acres of land, you're immediately surrounded by large circular mounds in the ground, and each one has its own stones that encircle each tomb. Similar sites are littered all along the Emerald Isle, such as Brunabon, um, she- Sheena Brew, Caramore, and... Caramore, yeah. Yeah, Paramore. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> And buried there are said to be all different kinds of things. The Tuatha de Danann, which is the like the uh, she or the fairy folk. You pronounce that one mm-hmm. real, yeah. real fast. <laughs> I know that one. Okay. Um, and then other people say there's uh, the high-ranking like clan members and Irish nobility. 
in Irish folklore, it is bad luck to damage and disrespect such tombs, and that doing so could bring on a curse. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. Most people weren't allowed to, like, excavate the sites, really, until more recently, because there was so much, like, it's so sacred to Irish people. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the late 1980s, a, a special team of archaeologists were granted privileged access to the tombs to excavate and gather more knowledge on what the standing stones surrounded surrounding the tombs may have been used for. During the excavations, one of the diggers mysteriously lost control of their large mechanical backhoe and cracked the stone above the entrance of the biggest tomb. I hate when I lose control of my backhoe. Right? And every day. That's every day. There's a comma in between the two. <laughs> <laughs> every morning I wake up, I lose control of my backhoe. I lost control of my Um, for the remaining duration of their dig, the crews were tor- tormented by misfortune. Between injuries, illnesses, accidents, and even, like, small animal attacks, oh. um, the team of archaeologists couldn't bear to stay there any longer. Small animal attack. <laughs> it's just, like, puppies. Right. <laughs> Stay you're fine. Keep doing what you're doing. Nibbles. Um, what? Nibbles. Little nibblers. I literally thought we were bringing it back to the nipple belt. Touch the little, little nipples. Hey, <laughs> that's on you. Um, nibble. Yeah, nibble. Like that one. Um, but they couldn't really bear to stay there any longer, and they wound up fleeing the scene um, earlier than they were supposed to. Ugh. Today, Loft Crew and the tombs are popular tourist destinations, speci- especially or specifically for the paranormal communities. Amongst all the spooky activity, one specific entity caught the world's attention in the early 2000s. Stories began to come out about a, of a tall, dark figure who kind of was like the protector of the like the burial sites. Um, and he had a presence that was so heavy and dark that upon seeing the shadow, people would have the sensation of being surrounded by pure darkness. And one person even said that they were felt like they were losing their vision yeah. or being like smothered by like a sheet, like a oh. black sheet. Oh, I don't like that. Um, huh. So it's very claustrophobic. <laughs> <laughs> and so they named the being the Dorca Brora, um, the Dark Bringer. Nail that one. <laughs> <laughs> the locals liken it to part of the Aoshi or the Fair Folk. Um, and as part of the Unseelie Court, which is, I don't know if you guys remember from last time we talked about uh, fairies and leprechauns and things like that, Unseelie Court are like the bad. Right, yes. yeah. Like mm-hmm. the, the bad section of them or like the negative kinds. Do we learn it in one of your lessons? I don't, I don't know. I think I may have wound up bringing it yeah, up. He, mm-hmm. Yeah, he talked about a fairy creature last year. Yeah, I don't remember what it was though. It was a part lizard. Ola something. The, oh, yes. She's the queen. Of yeah, her. yeah. You're so good at remembering. Yeah, you have a great memory. Uh, short term? Nothing. I got nothing short term. I can remember like past a few weeks. We're good. Once it clears that, I can remember it again. <laughs> um... But yeah, so today, investigative teams catch shadows um, on film, hear disembodied voices, and sometimes experience physical phenomena like scratching, pushing, and burning sensations. Ew. It's like a UTI. <laughs> <laughs> Should we get Leslie more whiskey? Yes. yes. So if you enjoy long scenic hikes, and, and UTIs. <laughs> UTIs and horrifying demons, then this should be a must-see on your tour of ancient Ireland. Today is your lucky day! <laughs> and those are my three stories. Oh, those are good. So now, anyone who is here, 
Um, we have to guess which one of John's three stories was fabricated. So, okay. drop your guess in the comments. Yeah. One, two, or three. Why am I the bird that little You're owl? You're the two of us. Okay, I don't know. So, I'm going to say it's not the Hellfire Club one because I researched them for like, yeah. like a week. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the podcast I linked in the show notes this week, if you're interested in the Hellfire Club, is actually fantastic. Yes. So they they mm -hmm. do a really great job. It's called No Smoke Without Hellfire. It's all Irish historians. It's wonderful. So I'm going to say that one is true. <laughs> Sandra takes a bath. She's like, number two. Just kidding. I could be wrong, though. You guys, I could be wrong. Because he could have like, just been taking, yeah. yeah, tweaking it enough. I didn't read about, like, ghost stories. I only read about the history. So the ghost story I, part might be false. I think I'm going to go with one. You know, one? Yeah. I'm going to, then, then I'm going to round it out, and I'm going to go with three. Okay. Because I'm between one and three, but I like, I like your story for the first one. So. I like all of them. They I were, do, they I were really good stories. Anybody else have a guess? Any, anybody? Anybody? <laughs> anybody? Sandra took back her number three and yeah. said, no, just kidding. <laughs> one of them is correct. So. All right, Nikki's, Nikki's with me. One. So we got two for right. one. Nikki says one. I say three. I think Sandy said three. Sandy, you keeping it? No one says two. Well, because you just <laughs> you just told them not to. I didn't tell them not to. I said I didn't guess that one. Doesn't mean I'm right. All right, I'm I'm flattered that you all think I like no. <laughs> Sandra's just talking to herself with all the wrong guesses. Yeah. <laughs> That's you. Sandra's so sticking okay. with three. Okay. All right. Do I tell you? Yes. Number three. Oh, yes. however, so Loft Crew is a completely real place. Okay. And. There is like some haunted history, but like not really. Like it's more like myth, like myth history. Okay. Um, none of that stuff happens there. Okay. There's no like I made up that demon with the I little bit of Gaelic that I know. Okay. You use wow. Yeah. That was good. He's just pronouncing words and making it happen left and right. Good job. <laughs> Woo, the dementors. Yes. The, yeah, dementors. the dementors. Ariel, yes. you missed number one. It was a good one. Yeah. Go back and watch it later. We're not going to delete it. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> it's there. Yeah. Get it. All right. Should we move on to the next one? That was good. I think we Thanks. need that, but... Thanks. Do we need a refresher? And we need more bread. Oh, we, I mean, that's, oh, there's a lot of bread in there. Bread. That was so good, <laughs> There's so much bread. Um, do we want to refresh our drinks or do we mm -hmm. want to continue? Um, or do you want a Guinness? I wanted just a Guinness. Me too. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go get some Guinnesses, okay. and then we're going to go on to, do you want to go next? Do you guys have an opinion? Leslie can go next. Why don't you go get the beer, and I'll come back. And then if anybody would rather have me or Holly go, they could say. Otherwise, I mean, we're not going to make you make that Sophie's choice. <laughs> <laughs> Although our topics are very different, so you may have one that you like a lot more than the other one, in which case, that's, that's true. Okay, so I'm the one, I'm doing um, Irish-related true crimes. They all happened around... St. Patty's Day, or on St. Patty's Day, and Holly did creatures, like mythological creatures from Ireland. They're all so fun. Yes. Truly. All of them. Even the fake ones that I made up. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like the first, I'm so bad at guessing those, because I felt like the first one was 
that felt like a real full story. Like it was, right. it was really good. Yeah. And that's why I was just like, okay, I totally believe that mm-hmm. one. And then the second one, I knew about the hellfire, but like yeah. Holly said, like it could have been the total offshoot, right. you know, but I didn't think that you would have chosen like a full on, like this is the society, yeah. this is the thing no. without being like, here's a story that, yeah. that happened. Um, and then the third one, I guess I felt like that could have been, but there were so many words that you did. I know. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, me. But that's also something I would have done and just right. like throwing a whole bunch of things in there. <laughs> I literally was like, how do you say dark in Gaelic? Like, and it's Dorka, which is so close to Dorcas. Yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, they love a dork. They love a dork. Sure Honestly, it's the same. Um, yeah. But yeah, there was a lot of Harry Potter vibes in that one. Lots of Harry Potter. I mean, it was basically just Harry Potter. Yeah. You just watched great. all six. How many movies is it? Eight? Seven. Seven. Well, seven is eight, I guess. Oh my yeah. God, seven look how five. fun I got with my beer glasses. Yes. Nice. Mm-hmm. These Slatcha. are Yeah, Slatcha. Right? Mm-hmm. These are Kate and Brewing Company glasses. We support them. They hosted us live. Oh, there's so much fun there. Yeah, they're fun. Do you yeah. want water or anything? I'm good for now. Okay. I just drank too much water. Just drank too much seltzer and ginger. Woo-hoo. Just couldn't stop, you know. I'm really tipsy. Well, our lovely group hates to make a decision, so oh, I will go sorry. next. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 well. All right, I apologize. I have to read from my phone. I don't know if this bothers anybody. Checking my mail first. <laughs> okay, let me just check all my socials. All right, first up, Zero's here for this. My first story uh, starts in America, oh. just so you know. Oh. Okay. Okay, we're in America now. Joe and June Maloney of Rochester, New York, met, fell in love, and were married by 1962. Both of them grew up in the area. June went to school and became a nurse. Joe had worked as a janitor at the Rochester State Mental Hospital, where his dad had worked for years as a security guard. And then Joe left that job to become a demolition contractor. And that's like what he is known as like the majority of the time. He's just like, I I do demolition. All right, Joe. Yeah. Break it down. (laughs) Over the next five years, they had two children and a lot of issues. Oh, no. In 1967, June, who was now 27, had enough of had enough of Joe's verbal abuse and intimidating nature. Oh, Joe. Yeah. She confided in a family friend, Neil Dunkelberg. Dunkelberg! Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Sharing that Joe had roughed her up a couple of times. Although he did not hit or bruise her, he would get angry and yell at her uh, and, like, look real dangerous, like, to do me. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) He would also grab and shake her on occasion. Which is, like, horrifying. So June decided to walk out on Joe and took their two children with her. Okay, June. Yep. She didn't cut off full communication with him, though. Joe was allowed to see the kids whenever he wanted. All of this was set up informally, so no courts were involved. Joe wasn't happy about this new arrangement. Each day that went by, he grew more and more angry at his wife for leaving him. So instead of realizing how much of an ass he had been and how he should apologize and rebuild this relationship with his beautiful soul soulmate of a woman, he decided that poisoning her would be the best option. Boy poisoner. Different. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now Joe needed to... Hold on. <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm being on my phone. Okay. Uh, 
So Joe now needed to find a poison that was untraceable. And it was just, and it just so happens that Neil, oh my God, it, it auto-corrected the name, but the guy, Neil Dunkelberg. Dunkelberg. There we go. Dunkelberg. <laughs> and changed it to Bunkleberry. <laughs> Why would so you ever do that? Bunkleberry? Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. But anyway. Two shirts of Bunkleberry. Yeah. Yes. All right. So Neil Bunkleberry, <laughs> <Dunkelberg>, <laughs> was an amateur chemist who kept his own lab in his basement. Several weeks after June left, Joe paid an unexpected visit to his old pal, Neil, and asked him if he could help out with like a dog issue that he was having. Apparently, there was a dog in the neighborhood that was being a nuisance and kept tipping over his garbage cans and then were like going through the trash. You said that there was a ah. Yeah. <laughs> Joe had been timid to do much about it because the dog belonged to a police officer who lived in the neighborhood. So he thought maybe poisoning the dog with something odorless, tasteless, and untraceable what? would do the trick. Isn't that just terrible? Like, oh my god! Just not like, the dog. I don't want to say anything the baby here. Yeah, it's like I don't want to say anything to this police officer about his dog, but like I'll just kill him. I'm upset he's forgetting right now. Joe was specifically interested in this clear liquid that Neil had, which happened to be wood alcohol or methanol. It's a type of alcohol used to make antifreeze, pesticides, windshield wiper fluid, paint thinner, and certain types of fuel and other substances. So, like, he also would have had it for, like, probably, like, house cleaning products and things like that. And him being, like, in a chem lab, he would have Mm -hmm. had these, like, little bits. So, Neil, being the good old boy that he is, said, when a friend asks for help, you help him. (laughs) <laughs> just kidding Neil was very he suspicious he was very suspicious of Joe because remember he had already talked to his wife yeah. and like found out that like there were issues Neil then started to make sure that he locked the doors to his lab and told his family not to let anyone into his lab especially Joe Two weeks later, while the whole family was away on vacation, Neil's sister was house sitting when Joe came knocking on the door Using his charm and the excuse that he just needed to sterilize some instruments, she let him into Neil's lab in the basement. Joe was able to grab a good amount of the poison. Over the next few weeks, things between Joe and June appeared to be pretty smooth. Everybody was like, oh, they're like getting along. That's nice. On May 27th, they threw a party at their home with friends and family to celebrate their son's fifth birthday. Everything seemed like he was going well. Joe was even making June's cocktails for her. Her favorite, a screwdriver made with orange juice, vodka, and wood alcohol. Uh, (laughs) Why is your favorite cocktail a screwdriver? She loves a screwdriver. I'm sad for you. Anyway. Is it with the orange juice? Yes, orange juice and vodka. Not like wood alcohol. Yeah, you don't want the mess. I think that it would taste better that way. It might. Yeah, you'll get it'll sugar. make you wild. Let me tell you <laughs> what it'll do. Yeah. Oh, yes, do tell. <laughs> so June's friend Wanda Mordinga, these names these are names, great. Noticed that June seemed a little wound up and asked her how many drinks she had. June answered only two that <laughs> only night. Two. Uh, only two. Wanda Longenberger. <laughs> Funkelberg. Dunkelberg. Funkelberry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That night, June went back to her apartment and, and declined Wanda's invitation to stay the night. 
The next day, Wanda went by to check on June and was surprised to see Joe and a doctor standing out in the hallway. They told her June wasn't feeling well, and though Joe was hesitant to let Wanda in the room, the doctor told her it was fine. June had just just had a case of food poisoning. Right. Okay. Wanda was immediately suspicious. When Wanda saw June, she looked very sick. Uh, June tells her that she does not want to be left alone with Joe and wants her to stay. While talking to Wanda, she abruptly stops and looks terrified. Wanda turns around to see Joe standing in the doorway, giving a death stare to both of them. Dun, dun, dun. Wanda stays the rest of the day, uh, but the next morning, June slipped into a coma and was immediately hospitalized. The doctors began running tests to determine the cause of June's rapid deterioration, but all the results came up empty. They weren't like, it's a lot of poison. No. She's like, a lot of poison. No. They were still just like, it's food poisoning. We don't know what's happening. Boo. Luckily, Joe was there to give his two cents. <laughs> <laughs> he told doctors that June's family, he told doctors and June's family that their split had caused her to slip into a deep depression. Mm-hmm. He believed that she had attempted suicide. Of course he did. Wanda and June's family were calling bullshit. Yeah. Uh, June was proud of her decision to leave Joe and she would have never willingly left her babies in the sole custody of Joe. Unfortunately, June never regained consciousness and on June 5th, 1967, she died. But not in vain. Feeling very suspicious, the family asked the doctor. The, the, sorry, the family asked, and the doctors agreed to have an autopsy done immediately. Uh, the autopsy determined that she had ingested a lethal dose of the same type of chemical Joe had taken from Neil's lab. Oh, yeah. Um, the amount ingested yeah, also matched it. the amount, so it was like the same amount. Like Neil could like corroborate and be like, "Oh yeah, this was. He, this is how much is missing." And like, yeah, that's how much that's in her. Yeah. Fuck yeah, he took that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he even tried to that. Four hours after her death, Joe was arrested and charged with first-degree murder. Following his conviction on first degree and his sentence of life imprisonment in September 1967, against his attorney's advice, Joe asked to be committed to the Rochester State Mental Hospital for psychiatric evaluation. And now if you were listening... You might remember that Joe worked there once as a janitor for quite a while. And his father also worked there as a security guard. So he was a child growing up in this facility. Oh, so when his attorney no. was just like, don't give, don't like plea insanity. He was just like, no, because I know this place. Yeah. So the court um, granted his request because they were unaware that Joe had worked there. On September 25th, 1967, less than two weeks after he was admitted, he duplicated a key escaped from the hospital and disappeared yikes five years went by this with like no trace suspect that like made that made the key and got out of the hospital oh, right. Remember that? yeah yeah, yeah. That's crazy. so five years went by with no trace of joe maloney anywhere three mi- three thousand miles away in a little town of dublin ireland the Garda, which is the police in Ireland, were called to investigate a burglary at the home of Michael O'Shea. Michael was a very friend, was very friendly in town and knew some of the Garda, so he was met with friendly faces when they arrived. Since they were investigating a burglary, they asked Michael, his wife, and their young children to give fingerprints so that they could eliminate their prints from the ones taken and hopefully catch their burglars. The O'Sheas happily gave their prints. A detective sent all their fingerprints into Interpol and was confused when he got a hit on Michael's prints. 
Investigators were stunned to discover that Michael O'Shea's prints matched that of American Joe Maloney's. They called the United States, who gasp. (laughs) (laughs) They called the United States, who still had Joe up on their most wanted list. Unfortunately, he could not be arrested because Ireland and the United States had no extradition agreement. Oh, extradition, yeah. For over a decade, at the request of the Rochester police and the FBI, Irish authorities kept Joe under surveillance, but there was little else they could do because they had committed no crime in Ireland. During this time, Joe, under the... Extradition is, that's how Roman Polanski's still living a free life. Yes. So it's Mm -hmm. a a kind of a bitch if you've done something wrong. Mm -hmm. So during this time, Joe, under the alias of Michael Shea, had held a series of jobs, including working as a farmer and laborer, and he was also involved in several business ventures. He also, like, had this whole other family. Right. Like, this wife and, like, two other kids, I think. But in 1984, the Irish Parliament did pass an extra, extra... extradition treaty after 18 years at large on january 7th 1985 joe aka michael was also was finally taken into custody joe was held without bail all the while continuing to deny his identity he remained incarcerated for 14 months at montjoy prison outside of dublin he refused to cooperate with authorities and did not allow himself to be photographed he also tried to escape at least twice while in custody (laughs) Then, in 1986, the Irish-American extradition treaty was voided because of a legal technicality. Oh, my God. So, on July 24th, Joe walked out of prison and disappeared, perhaps forever. Oh, shit. In February 1987, the extradition treaty never came back. So then in February of 1987, the treaty was ratified and made valid again, allowing Joe to be extradited back to the United States. However, by then it was far too late. There was no trace of him to be found. <laughs> oh my God. The most recent. Seriously. And I'll share some photos and stuff. Um, but the most recent photo of Joe was taken in 1967 at the time of his arrest in Rochester. So like, that's also why he didn't want any other photos taken because they right. could like clearly match him up. Yeah. He would now be in his mid 80s. He is six two. He's like six two and a half, uh, with a slender build. I, but like, I don't know how they know that now. Like, he's like eighty something. Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> he has red hair and blue eyes with a scar over his right eye. He is a demolition expert. He's as he most say. easily identifiable human. Like, he's like a leprechaun. He's a six foot two redhead with a scar over his eye. Yeah. But now his hair would be white. Yeah, you don't get many of those in general. Come on, bro. Um, so they say he he's a demolition expert and he may have a pilot's license. Authorities <laughs> he's believe, lying. Yeah, authorities believe that he could have fled to Canada. He may have used his contacts with the Irish Republican Army, the IRA, to go Jesus. underground. And um, yeah, so if you guys see him, the police are looking for that. <laughs> if you neighbor. see this guy. <laughs> You, your neighbor is six foot two, redhead with a scar over well, his eye. Well, now he has white hair, but he has a scar over his eye. Mm-hmm. And he's six foot two. Mm-hmm. He's That's pretty tall. Big redhead. Yeah. Listen, I think we just cracked the case. Yeah. This one's real. Stop it. All done. Yep. And there's like people out there that are like, uh, like, oh, I saw that guy at, like, like <laughs> Mama. Like, and they're just like, can you call somebody? <laughs> we did. We talked about that when we covered um, Gabby Petito and Brian Laundry. Once your brain yeah. sees him once, it just recognizes him everywhere in the world. So if they saw one of this guy's pictures, they'd be like, 
Oh yeah, that's uh, that's Joe. He's the janitor at my kid's school. No, that's Bob. He's my teacher. Yeah, he's both of those people. I saw him both places. He is both of those people. Yeah. Okay. So that's that was the first one. What's that? That's Second great. story. On St. Patrick's Day of 2010, a six-foot-tall man dressed as a leprechaun held up the first state bank in Gallatin, Tennessee, a <laughs> suburb of Nashville. If this isn't true, I'm going to be furious. <laughs> the young man was 20-year-old David Christopher Cotton of Brentwood, Tennessee, another wealthier suburb of Nashville. 20-year-old Ryan Skinner, a student at Western Kentucky State University and also from Brentwood, was the getaway driver. David first attempted to rob Fifth Third Bank. Upon walking in, the manager spotted David right away, who was wearing a black top hat with a green shamrock on it, sunglasses, a fake brown beard and wig, and St. Patty's Day festive vests and shorts, carrying a blue bag. David could probably feel that the manager was a little suspicious of him, so he left and went across the street to First State Bank. First State Bank. They're all they're all the same. <laughs> he obviously wasn't conspicuous, but it was St. Patrick's Day, so most people thought he was just festive. You know? <laughs> they were like, cool. Um, at this bank, he took out a large caliber gun and demanded the bank teller put money into his blue his blue bag and to be like. He was like, be quick about it. She was oh. like, okay. Well, all right, so she, she obliged. Uh, David was seen running out of the bank and getting into the getaway car. A few moments later, the police had already been alerted. Uh, the police were quickly on their tail in a chase. There is a patrol car video of this chase that you can watch. Uh, it shows David leaning out of the passenger side window and like firing several shots. Oh, yeah. <laughs> David got out a few good shots uh, and a couple of them like hit the front of the police car and it like caused like a bunch of metal and shit to like go up and disabled it completely but there was like a whole bunch of other police cars so they were just like and like went around Uh, David got a few good oh sorry so after a little more time no hold on hold on Okay, so yeah, so now more cars are on the chase, right? After a little more time and nowhere to go, the boys ditched their car and ran into a nearby field. The police had them cornered by the boy, uh, but the boys refused to surrender or put down their guns and both were shot to death. Oh my goodness. Later, it was revealed that David actually shot himself before the police could get to him. Uh, Because bank robberies are a federal crime, the FBI was called in to investigate. When they checked David's home, they found a Santa suit in his closet. Several months prior, just a few days before Christmas, a man dressed in the Santa suit held up a bank. That case had remained unsolved until now. Besides the Santa suit, the suspect made similar comments during both robberies. They were like, we found our man. This was him. Oh my goodness. What? Yeah. Yeah. So wait, does he also have a Halloween costume? Well, I mean he should go to the bank once to see like Well that's the thing. Some believe that had he not shot himself that or like been caught that like he would dress up as the Easter Bunny and rob the bank the next. That would have been next. I love this as a movie. This this needs to be a movie. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine? Yep. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's great. All right. Story three. In 
Ireland. So now we are like legit in Ireland for this whole story. Okay. Okay. On St. Paddy's Day 2012, Thomas Two Tap Duffy, an Irish <laughs> UFC fighter, was oh. arrested for manslaughter and convicted to 15 years in prison. Jesus. The Saturday before Two Tap won his fight against the middleweight champion uh, Anderson Silva, making him the new middleweight champ. The win was controversial as it went to a decision ruling in Thomas's favor. Many believed Silva should have won because it looked like he had done the most damage, especially to Thomas's face, who uh, he had like one one eye was like really swollen mm-hmm. during the match, right? Um, Thomas, uh, and though the rounds were close, Thomas won by controlling Silva on the ground for most of the last round. So despite not getting a knockout or submission win, which is like what you want, right. you, know, you don't want it to go to the judges, Thomas Two Tap Duffy was still the new champ and he was planning to party on St. Paddy's Day in his hometown of Dublin. After stopping into a few bars, Thomas Two Tap. <laughs> <laughs> I just I love, love his, so I love his name so much. Just <laughs> Thomas Two Tap. It's just it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> They just, people like have the best name. There's like, um, I forget what the other, another, one of the girls' name was like Carrie Carnage. And I was like, oh, that's such a good one. That's, that's a really good one. That is another roller derby name. Carrie Carnage. Holy Shorty. Holy Shorty. Don't remember what mine was. Yeah. Because I have no short term memory. So, um, after stopping into a few bars, Thomas enters the Marble Arch Pub and is greeted with congratulatory applause and screams. Though most of the bars had his fight on and saw him win, this bar was owned by family friends. Hearing everyone cheer for him just felt that much more special. Home, hometown bar. Thomas quickly noticed one gentleman at the bar who hadn't looked up from his drink to toast him. He just thought, guess I can't win them all, you know, you know, but it still bugged him. He's a fighter. He's like, "Eh." after a few more minutes, Thomas called over uh, the owner, his father's best friend, Carrie Clark, and ordered a round of shots for uh, those that were sitting at the bar, including the gentleman who didn't seem interested in the celebrations, despite his St. Paddy's Day attire that called him out immediately as an American. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah. Uh, Thomas had, of course, ordered his own branded whiskey, Brawler's Irish Whiskey. Oh, my gosh. I should have Brawler's. I know. I, know. I, don't know where I didn't I want to give it away yet, though. <laughs> I don't know where I <laughs> Carrie poured the shots and placed them in front of each filled bar. Also, it's like $70 to like $80 a bar. Oh, my goodness. A lot of people recommended very expensive whiskeys. Yeah. yeah. I actually I don't think don't know that. that. <laughs> I, think, I think I also re- like, I recommended one of those Wildly expensive. But it's so worth it. Right. A good whiskey is a good whiskey. You know? I got a small bottle of the Teleport Dew. So we were fine. Perfect. Perfect. There were other ones I was like, you, what? Spend 120 right now. I know. You think I'm going to drop that much money on a beverage? I was like, I don't like this. That's my favorite. Continue. Okay. So Carrie poured the shots and placed them in front of each person at the bar, like those filling a bar seat. Mm-hmm. The gentleman, dressed as, as an American leprechaun, passed on the shot. Carrie made a gesture toward Thomas, the American, uh, or so the, yeah, the guy, the other gentleman, who looked to be like in his late 20s, looked up at Thomas and then back to Carrie and still passed on the shot. So he was just like, no, like, I don't want this. So now it felt aggressive. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
that's when Thomas walked over to him and introduced himself. He's like, maybe he just doesn't know who I am. Right. Like, this is my bar. This is my drink. Like, he's like, hey, hello, I'm a yeah. celebrity. Yes, <laughs> I am somebody. I'm, I'm, I am someone. Um, the young man was named Kyle Chafee, an American visiting Ireland for the holidays with his bros. Uh, Thomas explained that he wanted to buy a shot for everyone to thank them for their support. He asked Kyle if he had ever had Brawler's whiskey before. Kyle said no, while his friend Derek, who was behind him, enthusiastically screamed, Yes, I love it, and you! Yeah, and this is probably why they're at this bar, because they know that this is like like Thomas Thomas Two Taps Bar. I love this friend. So Thomas saw Derek uh, saw that Derek didn't have a shot yet, so he called Carrie over to pour him one. Uh, Thomas then asked the two men to join him and everyone else in a toast. He lifted up his shot. Everyone followed, except Kyle, who just stared at Thomas as he took his shot. Thomas took Kyle's shot and put it down, uh, then asked... Uh, Carrie to pour three more. Oh, he took, sorry. Um, so Thomas took Kyle's shot and mm-hmm. like, like he like took it. Right. It was just like, the fuck? So he like drank it. And then he asked Carrie to come over and he was like, three more. <laughs> Dang. We're gonna, we're gonna do this. Okay. Three more shots. And, um, okay. So Carrie could see that there was a fire in Thomas. He's just like, I know this kid. He's, he is not, uh, he's not happy right now. Um, and he offered to just pour him too. He was like, how about just like you and, and this other kid that like loves you? Like this yeah. Derek kid. And, uh, uh, Thomas said, no, no, three is good. So Thomas then asked Kyle to take a shot with him. And Kyle said, no, thanks. He really didn't want one. Sensing the tension, Derek tried to change the subject, telling Thomas, oh my God, I'm such a huge fan of yours. You're the reason we actually came to this bar. Well, the reason I came to this bar, Kyle is an Anderson Silva fan though. So excuse him if he's a little butthurt, but he's very drunk and doesn't know any better. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my. Essentially is what he said from what Derek can recall of this statement. I just love that he's so through and butthurt. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle let out a little chuckle at this part and picked up his Guinness to drink it. And of course, he's drinking Guinness because, like, what um, what else would an American drink? Not they go warm, there? No. Right. Not warm. They don't. They, serve it it warm. is cold, so we yeah, we, we will have those. <laughs> we discovered that. <clears throat> and that's when witnesses say Thomas picked up both shots, downed one, and tossed the other in Kyle's face. Oh! And began yelling, "I'm the champ! I'm the champ!" To which Kyle replied, your face says something else. Because <laughs> remember, he got like, your face says something else. Your face something else. So remember during the fight, he got like, he had like one eye fully swollen. So oh, he's yeah, still yeah. looking like rough, mm-hmm. right? You glare at him? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, essentially. Or one eye, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> And before anyone could blink, Thomas punched Kyle square in the face with his left hand, causing him to drop his beer to the floor. Oh, no. And then he swung his right fist to the side of his face, knocking him off his stool. Several of the bar patrons leaped up to grab hold of Thomas, who was about to lunge himself down on the ground. And a group of men managed to get Thomas outside of the bar to, like, cool down. He was just like, dude, the fuck? So my other favorite part of the story is that he got in two taps. (laughs) I mean, you gotta live up to this. You gotta stay on brand. Yeah, you can't not do that. No. No. So, (laughs) meanwhile, this is still, this is like a horrible story, though, because it's (laughs) it's so horrible. I shouldn't know. It's only not even that long ago. 
All right, so meanwhile, Derek and Gary tended to Kyle, who was passed out on the floor. An ambulance was called immediately after Derek yelled that there was blood coming from the back of his head. Kyle was taken to the hospital. He suffered several face fractures, but the fall of the stool caused damage to his brain and like put him into a coma. Oh, my God. Doctors hoped he could heal while in the state. Other, uh, But then over the next few days... Um, Oh, yeah. So doctors were like, OK, we're like hoping maybe he'll just heal. He'll get better. Yeah. Over the next few days, Thomas visited the hospital, apologizing to everyone who would listen and even sitting with Kyle in his hospital room for several hours. Kyle's mother and stepdad flew in from the state. And once they were there, they told the authorities that they wanted to file assault charges against Thomas. Thomas was arrested and went without a fight. After a week in the hospital, mm-hmm. Kyle's condition worsened and he eventually died. Oh, no. Thomas was then convicted of manslaughter. So that's like, wow. Yeah. Um, the normal sentence for manslaughter is about eight years, but Thomas was given 15. The judge ruled that this oh, wow. wasn't just an ordinary drunken bar fight. Thomas Two Tap Duffy was a professional UFC fighter and the middleweight champion of the world, which makes his fix, his fists actual weapons, um, which he should have like more control over. Kyle was 25, graduated with an MBA from the University of Arizona, interned with the Phoenix Suns, Arizona's MBA team, had just been offered a full-time position upon his return from his Ireland trip. So he was like also celebrating that. Mm-hmm. Uh, loved, loved the Lord of the Rings. So like they were supposed to like go on like some tours while they were up there. Um, the UFC, he loved the UFC and his cat, Mouse. His cat oh. named Mouse. Um, and his family. <laughs> and he left his family. Uh, his best friend, Derek, still remains confused by, like, everything that happens. He was just yeah. like, the fuck just happened? That's confusing. Um, he's made statements saying everyone was really drunk. Uh, he rem- he remembers at that point the Thomas Duffy and Anderson Silva fight was being widely contested by fans and peers. And Duffy was getting a lot of shade. Uh, Kyle was always busting balls. So he felt like... So he was just like, yeah, he was just like, he was always like, he was like a ball buster. So like, of course he was going to like give this guy shit, but like not, you know, they probably had there been more time. He probably would have like, like been like, yeah, whatever, dude, we're cool. You know, like obviously he doesn't know Anderson Silva either, you know? So like, um, Derek says, like, I really like Duffy as a fighter. What he did can never be undone. But being there, I could see the anger in his eyes. It's no excuse. My friend is dead because someone's ego was hurt. Duffy was a buff. Duffy has apologized. Um, I believe he is sorry. And I just don't know how he can fix this. Uh, So Thomas, uh, to tap Duffy, remains remorseful and he and when he gets out of prison, which is in five years from now, hopes to work with some of the MMA gyms, um, which is the mixed martial art gyms. And they're the ones that train and a lot of them go to like the UFC Mm -hmm. and other stuff. Um, He hopes to work with some of the gyms in Ireland to help set up counseling within the gym. So students and coaches have access to both physical and mental health. I like that. Yeah. So that's like what he's gonna do. So that was my third story. Damn. Okay. So now we have to guess which one of Leslie's is false. I'm gonna wait before I say anything because one of those stories I covered on a What the Friday. So if you pay attention, <laughs> crap, no, I don't remember. Leslie included, you would know one of those stories already has truth in it. So I'm gonna make a terrible guess. 
Should I, can I make it? Yeah. You, you were supposed to guess, but I'm going to guess last because I have the things I'm to guess. story out. number two. Okay. That was the leprechaun. <laughs> yes. I hope, let me preface, I hope it's 100% real. I want a real life movie on it. Like, <laughs> if anybody's watching who can produce FX, that. please make this. Like, exactly. FX, I need it. But I think it's false. Ariel also thinks it's two. Oh, Sandy, Sandy thinks it's two. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. Anybody else? Nikki? Nikki was Nikki thing. She's thinking hard. Ariel said two. Sandy said two. I said two. I don't know if Dr. Lisa's with us anymore. She said she had to. Lisa's doing some work. She's in, in and out. Yeah. So. All right. Is that all our guesses? Cool. So story number two, I actually covered <laughs> yeah, I love the Friday, but it was about Santa. So I oh, told okay. the Santa portion and the first part is either a lie or I didn't cover it as much because the Santa thing happened. The bank robbery in a Santa suit. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to say that one's true. <laughs> I hope they are all real and you ignored the rules. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Um, I almost did. <laughs> to be honest, been like, like what so was? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, she did do a really great job, Ariel. Agreed. You had so many details in every story. I, my guess is that number three was the lie, and here's why: you watch a lot of fighting, and you've told me a version of that story before, but I don't know if it's that guy's name or somebody else. So my guess is that it's number three. But I'm still keeping. Well. I'll just keep my answer, it's fine. Nope, tell your answer. I think it's three now. Oh, I don't know. What was your original thought? Two. Okay. I 100% mm -hmm. thought two was fake. Okay. See, I thought that you wouldn't think that three was fake because I told you that story. Okay. So I was just like, oh, she'll know that one. But it wasn't that name. Do you remember the name? No, but it was a famous guy. Which was also Thomas Two Tap Duffy. Two -tap. I could be wrong. You could be, yeah. but you're not. <laughs> Lower key I'm version shocked. of um, <laughs> 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 enjoy my remodeled bathroom. <laughs> of, uh, so there's a fighter, Connor McGregor, who is Irish. That's the name, there it is. Because yep. um, <laughs> I've read this before. Remember, you talked about it because you talked about covering Chris Benoit. Yeah. Um, and he, it was, uh, it was just a really simple story. It was actually the same bar that I mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, and he was, he ordered a couple of shots, I think 12 shots. That is um, more than a couple. Twelve. Well, but I'm thinking for like in that for the whole bar. Just okay. like a few people. And twelve or six shots, I forget. But he um ordered uh his shots that was from his whiskey, which was a proper twelve. Oh whiskey. That's a name. Yep. Mm -hmm. I know. Did you like brawlers? I originally I like yeah, I thought that was I thought that was a good one. Um and uh there was a guy who wouldn't take his shot, like an old man. Um, sitting on a bar like, that oh, wouldn't man, I'm gonna punch you. Yeah, and he got really angry about it. And this was at the point when uh, Conor McGregor was having some like anger issues. He is he is uh, still feisty, but he's not like that anymore. He's he's worked on himself. 
weapons yeah but he punched this guy but in um irish fashion the the old man just like stayed on his bar stool he, like, and he was just like whatever I and like went back an old irish man. <laughs> no that's not uh-uh. i'd be like you don't have to do anything you don't want to do sir it's fine so yeah oh yeah shots see you nailed it i i only <laughs> Got it right because I had like previous information on something. Yeah, if I didn't, I I probably see. I was hoping that. that you would be like, oh, she told me this one, but the names didn't line up. Mm, I didn't think you'd remember the names. I couldn't recreate them, but I knew it wasn't those names. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you had told I me it yesterday, I, I wouldn't have remembered. I should anyway. have put Connor in there somehow because maybe he would have been like, it might have, yeah. People who lie in crimes use too many details. Ariel, you are correct, and you pay attention. Two gold stars. They do. I fall for everything. Mm -hmm. I fall for everything. <laughs> Every single thing. Good for you. All right. Well, it's getting late, so I'm gonna I'm gonna zip through mine. Hey, babe, how you doing back there? I don't think he's out back there. Oh, I've been in that room several times. Oh, where did you go? He left. Bye. <gasps> See my basement? Is there a dead bird in there again? Oh my god, I forgot about that. Yeah. He might be hearing my story. Maybe he's listening to it in the car. That would be really funny. Are you in the car, John? Get out of the car. Don't walk away. Don't walk into the... Don't go into the line! It's late at night. There are coyotes. Don't do it. Although coyotes don't like people, so whatever. And youth. There are youth. Listen, a youth knocked on my door at 1 a.m. There are youths in this neighborhood. I had to call the cops and everything. Yeah, that's wild. I know. All right, Zero, are you ready? Are you done? I'm sorry, Zero like did misbehave quite a bit. Because I said in the comments, he lost a tooth. Like, a I read that and I literally thought that you meant he like literally just lost a he tooth. He did. Oh my God. Yeah, no, it's still like an open socket. You're kidding. Yeah, he just lost one. Hmm. He's six months old and he has- Well, he finds it. Or else the tooth fairy wouldn't come. I bet he swallowed it. <laughs> He, um, I, I've had puppies before and they always like worry out their teeth really quick when they're losing them, but mm -hmm. he has refused to. He's like, looks like a, like a baby shark. He has two rows of teeth. So he just has this mouth full of like terrifying teeth right now. I'm like, you gotta lose those fucking teeth. Shark dog, do, 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 baby shark yeah. dog, do, 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 do. He is baby shark. Um, but he just wore himself out with that whole debacle. So now he's going to sleep. Okay. <laughs> so thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. That's the zero update. Zero. He's over there eating like my son's bendy stuffy or something, whatever. So my topic is uh, Irish mythological creatures, which we all covered last Ooh. year. Um, so there's a chance that you guys read about some of these. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Um, but you didn't. So anybody watching this is for you. So my first one is called the, oh, I did the phonetics wrong. I'm so mad. The Doberku. I'm sure you have all heard of a water horse, the large and graceful water beast who glides along in the shadows like a leaf garland festooned brontosaurus with flippers. But the most famous of which was, of course, the Loch Ness Monster. But have any of you ever heard of the water hound? <gasps> Otherwise known as the Irish crocodile or, I shit you not, <laughs> the King Otter. Ooh. Mm -hmm. I okay. love. I already love. Mm -hmm. The Doberku is an ancient mythological water beast that would kick Nessie's placid ass if they ever were to be. <laughs> True story. The Doberku is described as a huge carnivorous otter-like creature, sometimes referred to as a giant dog with an otter's head, or an otter that is 
five times its normal size, perhaps 10 to 15 feet or eight to 14, if you want to stick to, you know, monster traditional sizing. Hmm, weird, right. it's always eight to 14 feet, like the Slender Man. Um, <laughs> it's also described as uh, having a white pelt with black ear tips and a black cross on its back. So just imagine for a moment, a 14 foot otter with like a taste for blood coming after you out of a lake. Okay. That's, that's a big fucking thing. So, tucked away in County Leitrim graveyard, a young woman's gravestone provides a strange hint that the Dover Coup may be more than just a myth. Stories of the Dover Coup date back to ancient times in Ireland, describing it as something similar to a cross between a dog and an otter, or sometimes an otter and a fish. It lives predominantly in the many lakes of Ireland, so this is not an ocean monster, it is a lake monster, but it is also said to inhabit other bodies of deep water occasionally, including rivers and the sea. This is only like once in a while it will wander outward, but mostly it's lakes. Mm. It is predatory and extremely hostile towards both people and dogs. What do the dogs do? They bark. (laughs) They bite. Attempting to drag them into the water um, to consume or even pursuing them onto the land. So this animal not only swims, it will run out onto the land after you. Oh my god, I love them. <laughs> I opposite of love you. <laughs> There's that to me. So they're fast and enormous. You hear otter and you think so cute, but this is like um, aren't male otters like real rapey? They can be otters also are very violent sometimes. You're right, yeah. they are very rapey and river otters are large and could <laughs> They hold they do hold hands so slowly. They hold hands to rape, John. (laughs) The chain of rape. (laughs) Oh Oh, no. No, we love an otter. They just need they need some counseling. (laughs) (laughs) This creature is said to commonly be encountered in pairs, and a dying Dover coup will let out a strange, high-pitched whistle to alert its partner. What does that sound like? No. Well, that's not bad. <laughs> it's not terrifying at all. <laughs> I I can't make the sound that I hear in my head. It's very shrill, okay. and piercing, and like almost quiet, but it like cuts through the. Oh, like those people that can like like yes. My mother in law does that. Margie, if you're watching, it is horrible when you do in the kitchen when we're next to you. <laughs> so I'm gonna imagine now. <laughs> Just Margie Wolf was yeah. like, yeah. All right. <laughs> Love you. Okay, well, it whistles to alert his partner, which effort whistles will emerge from the water and seek to exact revenge on anyone that has successfully killed its mate. Sometimes the creature is referred to as a giant... No, I already said that. Sorry. Okay, so sometimes it looks like an otter. Sometimes it looks like a really large dog with just an otter's head, which I think is worse. A really large dog. Like, imagine a great vein with an otter's head, but, like, a really big otter's head. So it's, like, running at you, but it has this round head with all the teeth. That'd be horrible, especially if you saw first just the head, and you were like, oh, and then you saw, like, dog body. like, Scooby-Doo's body running (laughs) at you. What's happening? No good. Yeah, so... Sightings of the Dover Coup have been recorded since at least 1684, but it was an incident in 722 for which the Dover Coup is most well known, with proponents of the creature claiming it provides tangible proof of its existence. Now, the oral nature of Irish folklore, which means people told stories and then they told somebody and then they told somebody and so on and so on, uh, means that inevitably details become kind of changed or mashed around over the years. But the core of the story remains consistent. A woman named Grace Connolly lived close to Glenade Lock in County 
Antrim and had visited the lake one morning either to bathe or to wash clothes. Different recountings tell it differently. Mm. Um, while, they, while she was there, a creature emerged from the water and violently attacked her. After she failed to return home, her husband went to look for her and found his dead wife by the side of the lake, torn limb from limb with the creature that had killed her sleeping across her body. So, otter dog <laughs> laying across just... Body just got tired. Yeah, he's tired like, of this murdering. Is he did it. <laughs> it. Takes a lot out of him, yeah. you know. Just wanted to lay on what he got. Nice. <laughs> Finally tired. <laughs> Why is he Mario now? I don't know. That was trying that was, to. That was supposed to be French, <laughs> but <laughs> that we're still. We're also. I really tired. <laughs> Why am I telling my story at the end of the drinking night? Anyway, <laughs> drawing his dagger, the husband managed to kill the creature, which he immediately recognized as a Doberku. As it died, it let out a strange and haunting whistle that summoned its mate from the lock. The lake. Which being cultural now. Yeah. Uh, the second creature, so this the first Doberku's mate, was said to have pursued the husband for several miles before the husband eventually confronted it with his dagger and killed it. While this appears no different to hundreds of other cautionary folklore tales, what sets this story apart is the fact that Grace Connolly's grave actually exists. You can go visit it. And um, seemingly attributes her death on the, on the gravestone to the Doberku. Located in Conwell Cemetery, close to Keenloff in Antrim, Grace's grave is now badly weathered and the text is pretty illegible. However, a carving that appears on the tombstone remains and depicts a strange creature being pierced with a dagger, with locals maintaining this is the image of a Doberku. Although rare sightings have continued into the present day, some researchers claim some... Some researchers claim a small population of Doberku reside in. Where did I look up this one? Sraushin's Lock on the island of Atchel, off the west coast of County Mayo. Butchered those. In 2003, Irish uh, artist Sean Corcoran and his wife reported seeing a strange creature on Only Island in County Galway. They described a huge creature that was able to swim rapidly with the help of webbed feet and emitted a strange high-pitched whistle. So just like imagine that sound. I can't recreate it again. So that's the first one. The Dover Coo. So giant otter dog. I otter dog. Giant murderous otter dog. Want that as a pet. Right? I think it would be. And this is the thing, like though. if he was on my side. Well, not even that. Listen, I know that <laughs> I'm, I'm going to perish because I'm going to pet something that should not be pet. Yeah. I know that that's how I'm going to die. Well, see, I wouldn't. What do a way that. to go? Grizzly bear, like, wh- why make scary? Well, why make why make scary? It, it looks like, like, <laughs> <laughs> like a friend. I'm just saying. So, I love the Dover you love the Dover crew? All right. Number one fan. Well, I hope it's true for you. John believes. I want so, to believe. Listen, I could have looked up a lot of names and spelled them out and then forgot how to pronounce them because we've talked about my short-term memory a lot today. <laughs> um, so the next one is Lancha Failed. This is a man, not a creature. Well, at least a little of both, actually. <gasps> Interesting. Uh, yes, Langefeld was a legendary man said to be capable of shape-shifting into a wolf at will. Yes. So we're talking about an Irish old-timey werewolf. I mm-hmm. love it. You love a werewolf. I do. Exactly. <laughs> Remus Lupin, here we are. Kind of. It would, ooh, this yeah. would be Remus. This is probably Teddy Lupin. 
So Remus Lupin and Nymphadora's child, Teddy, like if he was in an um, in Animagus? Yep, in Animagus <laughs> and a werewolf. I can't like, do all the names, but I got I can't yeah. do that one term. There you go. They very he could possibly do this. I mean, this was in like like fourteen hundred, but yeah, sure. Yeah, but but J.K. Rowling could have. Yeah, that's possible. Is she who may not? She must not be named. <laughs> she, she must not be named. This is true. Really <laughs> could have like taken this story. So okay, that's I'm very here. true. I mean, like as we go on, you might actually agree with that more. Um, so anyway, later the name Leech failed came to refer to this this legendary warrior's offspring and possibly others who had the shape-shifting ability. So he was so mm-hmm. famous and so prolific that his name just became synonymous with werewolves. Mm-hmm. Um, so the whole like breed of wolfmen in Ireland were called the Leech failed. Oh. oh, okay. Yeah, the Leech failed were fearsome warriors too, sought after <laughs> by kings. <laughs> And zero. It's, it's tough. Oh God! Who didn't mind paying? It was, it's a werewolf. <laughs> they were sought after by kings and like rulers who didn't mind paying their price so that they could get this like army of wolf warriors to fight for their country. So they were very sought after because they're not going to lose. Um, one of these kings was. I did this to myself so many times. <laughs> Tiger Mass. He was a uh, high king of Ireland sometime between 1600 and 1100. There are a lot of different reports. They all report a different date. It's very old timey. So we're going to average it and say around 1400 BC. Ooh. Damn. Yeah, we're back very far. This is old timey, timey times. Before baby Jesus. Before, <laughs> before the baby before Christ. Christ. Jesus. Before common era. Yeah. Also, before that baby Jesus. <laughs> True. Uh, again, different sources say different things. So, Tigermas was quite wealthy. He was a very rich king. Some kings had a lot of money. Some kings didn't. This one did. Um, I want to be a king with a lot of money. Same. Would it suck cool. to be the poorest king? Yeah, would suck. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I'm a king. I have no money. Why don't I have any money? Yeah, that would be awful. But this one didn't have that. He was like really rich and killing it. Um... <laughs> I'm losing my spot. Sorry. So he, so this means he had enough gold to pay for the army of werewolves, right? Yes. Of course. This. Yeah, this is goals all around. This is also that vampire and True Blood who had the army of werewolves. Maybe this is also based off the New Orleans mm-hmm. vampire. But here's here's the thing though. The Lanterfield didn't want to be paid in gold. They had a different price. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, they are werewolves. They are. So, going back a little bit, both the Lanchefales and Tiger Mass were said to worship an ancient god that we talked about before called Crumb Crouch, hmm. the lord of the mound. Later he was called other stuff, but that's what he's most likely referred to. Um, anyway, this god seems to, is an ancient god that seems to have been mainly a fertility god. Milk and grain uh, were sacrificed to him, but more disturbingly, he is also associated with human sacrifice, especially that of children. He was depicted as a possible sun god, as a golden figure surrounded by 12 bronze or stone figures, possibly representing the 12 zodiac signs. Mm -hmm. This cult image of him stood on the plains known to these days as Magslesh, the plains of prostration. So that means like kneeling down to gods. Within this golden idol, so the statue of Crom Crouch, a demon or his spirit, we don't know, 
dwelt within. So whatever is in this golden idol, not very nice. Mm. Right? It's like a dimmick. Kind of. Um, here, uh, the, so early pagan Irish men and women would worship and pray, and each year they would sacrifice children to the golden god Crom Crouch to ensure fertile crops and good harvest. Then the younger, the better. They still do this? Is it still allowed? I mean, maybe. I don't think so, but like, people don't be. Where do I sign up? Just kidding. <laughs> I'll try it. I don't know. Go. Just kidding. According to the book Old Ways, Old Secrets of Pagan Ireland by Joe Kerrigan, on the plains also dwelt an oracle, which responded to those coming to pay homage to Crom Crouch. Whether this oracle resided in the idol itself or elsewhere is unsure. In, in a 9th century text, Vita Corda, um, this is about St. Patrick, Crom Crouch is referred to as a very bad demon. No. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> very bad. Although, since he did respond to his followers and their questions, he was worshipped as a god. Oh, so he's worst. Yeah, very bad God, but a very bad God where you're like, um, please hear some dead babies. And he's like, okay. So then <laughs> they worship as a, as a God instead. Cool. Mm -hmm. Makes so sense. let's get back to the, um, to the werewolves. They were in Tipperary to be exact, mm -hmm. since that is the most Tipperary. interesting part. It's a long way to Tipperary. <laughs> it's late. It's time to sing. <laughs> So we're back to Tipperary and we're back to werewolves. These are the Lancha failed, as we previously mentioned, and they're not interested in gold. The steep price they asked for instead was the flesh of newborn babies. Oh, well, that's lucky. These are golden <laughs> There's a lot of people that are giving these away. Exactly. This is great. We did talk about that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, and so the king gladly complied because the king is also a worshiper of this ancient god. So he's like, I totally get it. We yeah. have to kill babies. Come fight for me. Yeah. And the werewolves were like, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything was going really well for the king and for the werewolf warriors. And for about 77 years, he reigned, and the wolves killed all of his enemies, and life was great. Though, somehow, everything went very wrong one day on the plains in front of all the golden gods that oh, they were wow. sent to worship and sacrifice babies to. Right. Okay. So this is on Samhain, mm. Halloween, October 31st, 1413, still BC. <laughs> the king, together with 4,000 of his followers went to a sacrifice with the Lanchafield for the Lanchafield to have them continue to work for them. And nobody knows what exactly happened during this, but the only people that walked away that day were the Lanchafield. So all of the king's horses mm -hmm. and all of the king's men were torn stem from stern because apparently during this sacrifice, during this Ritual, which is now referred to as the Seventh Plague of Ireland. The Lancia failed, got a little carried away <laughs> with their worship. They got hungry. Instead of just the bait, oh, they didn't eat them. Oh. They just killed them. Oh. They don't eat anything. They just kill it on this hill full of golden idols. Oh. So it's like a terrifying midsummer type thing. <laughs> yeah, it's all a bunch of like false idols made out of gold that are said to have demons inside. Them, and then a bunch of werewolves and then the king and all his men were like we trust this situation it's fine and then somehow they all were brutally massacred that day on that hill and not a single detail of the events therein remains we only know the aftermath mm -hmm. yes 
So, descendants of the Lancha failed are said to still roam the lands around Tipperary, looking for a sacrifice to their ancient god. Oh, so be careful. So be careful. Yeah. You see, like, a ferocious warrior that has, like, too much facial hair. <laughs> they might eat you on a hill. They don't eat you. They might just kill you on a hill. They don't even eat you. It's a waste. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, it's, it's, like, tough to, like, put your trust it sounds in. romantic, gross. You know, a little bit. Well, if you're going to kill me, kill me on the hills of Ireland. <laughs> Why not with a golden, surrounded by golden gods with yeah. demons inside of I mean, it, yeah. it doesn't get better than that. But like, it is uh, a good story. <laughs> a real muscular werewolf. Right. And really, yeah. I'm not complaining. And some yeah. swarthy werewolf warriors that are like, just carried away. <laughs> like, <laughs> We just can't control himself. He's so gross. Oh my goodness. Oh my. He knows what he wants and he goes for it. <laughs> cool. So that is the late to fail. And we have one more. This last one is called the Glumach. There's a in this one. Mm. That sounds Jewish. False. Fake. <laughs> <laughs> Vaguely racist. Bad. <laughs> you duck. You burn. Yeah. You burn. It also is in a lot of Irish words, that soft back and forth sound. Anyway, historically the sea has been feared and mysterious. Uh, oh, sorry. Historically the sea has been a feared and mysterious place for those who lived near it. Before the advent of any kind of device that would allow humans to see underwater, you simply didn't know what was down there. Unless you opened your eyes. But then it's foggy. Like if you go way down in the depths of the ocean. Oh, then it's dark. Yeah, you can't see anything. Also, real salty. Real salty. (laughs) Yeah. Eyes hurt. Ouchie burn burn on the (laughs) eyes. I can't can't be looking around. I'm real salty. (laughs) So salty and thick. (laughs) Full circle. (laughs) No. Anyway. So anyway. You couldn't see underwater, and the sea, therefore, was seemingly endless, cold, and unforgiving. And sometimes its floor yielded some of the most fearsome creatures imaginable. We still know that in the deepest parts of the ocean. That's where you get things that look so terrible. Not good. Yeah, they're scary. And things we haven't even found out yet. Right. Live there. And some of them are, like, see-through or glow-in-the-dark. I know. The, the one with the light. The angler the fish. Like, yeah. <laughs> no good. No bueno at the bottom of the sea. And you may not know this because we think of it as such a uniquely American thing, but the lobster is a fairly common delicacy in Ireland as well. It can be caught all up and down the coast, and you'll find it for sale in any of the fishing ports you might visit. So you can get lobsters in Ireland too. Pretty cool. Perhaps the one we would be most familiar with, fishing ports that is, would be Galway's Clauda Village. Like the Clauda little part mm-hmm. of the cute. Um, which is situated on Galway Bay. It's really pretty. It's like really picturesque and it hasn't changed much in like hundreds of years. You can still kind of walk along um, the banks of the bay and see like the old cottages. It's beautiful. Um, I've been there. I want to go there real bad. I saw a lot of Put it on the list. I saw a lot of pictures. Yeah, we're on our, on our UK and Ireland tour. <laughs> yes, I know. I, I was looking at it. I was like, I just want to walk around there. It's so peaceful. Um, anyway. Irish lobsters are slightly different than the ones you'll find here in America, though. They are deep brown mottled color, like almost a wine color, and they have blue legs. Yeah, true story. (laughs) (laughs) Is that your record? 
They have blue legs and the joints of their legs, like right here, are kind of an orangey color. So they're very bright and like weird looking as opposed to like bland ass American lobster. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, uh, one of them recently sold for $500. To, like a to eat, not to be your pet. Do they not have a lot of them there? No, they have tons of them, but like these blue ones are apparently especially delicious. Okay. Of course they are. I, I know, but apparently they're great. I don't know. Diving for my own. Now, throw it with some mac and cheese, and it's all the same. You love a lobster mac and Me cheese. Me too. It's the only way I eat uh, mac, either lobster mac and cheese or lobster ravioli. It's the only way they eat lobster. I mean, I'll eat lobster any way you'll give it to me, but same. those are both very good. Um, so anyway, all of this probably seems like pretty innocuous information. Like, Holly, why are you telling us this lobster bullshit? Um, but because it's awesome. But because in Ireland, the lobster also has a humanoid cousin, the Kalamach. Now, <laughs> sounds like stuffing, it's weird, right? The Kalamach. The Kalamach. Now, all of this probably, I'm sorry, I already read that. The Glomach is a humanoid figure who dwells at the bottom of Ireland's scenic bays. It has wine-colored skin on its trunk its and its head that will fade into a pale oxygen-choked blue in its limbs. Its limbs, however, are not like those of your average human. That's the part that I really hate. Um, where it ha- might have arms, the Glomach has large bony claws, like sh- shaped like appendages, so it looks like they're shaped, made out of bone, but they're claw-shaped. And in some retellings of this legend, the tips of the claws are bare bone, so like it came out of the skin. I know, it's really gross. Um, and then the skin kind of like trails off into the water, like translucent little tendrils floating along, almost like a jellyfish. Hmm. So it's yeah. just like ruffles. Sure, ruffles in the water. We're gonna say it's ruffles. That's like some of the hairy style. That's perfect. Right. Yeah. Not ragged swaths of skin floating around them. Anyway, yes. <laughs> the claws <laughs> legs appear uh, human at first, so they have legs. But if you follow them downward, where the feet should be, are wide paddle-like fins, almost like a cross between the tail of a lobster and the floating fins of a betta fish. So the, it's, it all has that kind of like tenderly appearance. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like soft. Yes. Mm-hmm. The Glomach was said to have been created on a horrible stormy night in Plata Village. A fisherman had fallen on hard times, and though the weather was horrible, he had to stay out and try to bring in something to sell at the markets, lest his family starve. However, the wind that day was very rough, and one particularly strong gust made him lose his footing and fall into the sea, which was relentlessly churning. Soon he was sucked down into the depths, and the fisherman knew that there he would die. He sank down to the bottom, uh, to the bottom of the sea, where there were lobsters crawling around that were feeding on things that had not escaped before him. So these, like, blue lobster guys are like, mmm, bottom feeding. <laughs> um, then he was approached by marrows. Marrows are the Irish version of mermaids, and they look like Harry Potter mermaids. Yes. Right. So the boys do, anyway. The boys have, like, pointed teeth, and they're, like, fishy looking, and they're like, ah! And then their female counterparts are beautiful, like Ariel. Yeah. So. <laughs> that sounds about like, right. not a fair world to be a marrow, but that's... That's their story. <laughs> so this fisherman who is plummeting into the depths, sinking, he's approached by these water spirits. And they pull the fisherman close to them while the air in his lungs is beginning to expire. So he's like, one breath left. He's like about to suffocate. And they tell him that they can save his life, but it comes at a cost. And the fisherman nods. He doesn't care what they have to do. He's about to suffocate to death. He'll agree to anything. Um, and the marrow instructs, says, okay, you agree. I want you to give in and just breathe in the water. Which like, I would have just died. I can't do that. Are you kidding me? So the fisherman doesn't want to do this, but he agrees, and he relaxes his body, inhales the water, and blacks out. When he wakes up, he finds himself at the bottom of the sea, 
And at first he's startled because he's a person and he can't breathe under the sea, so he gasps. We gasp! <gasps> Good. <laughs> but soon he realizes he can breathe just fine, which is strange. And then he looks around to find out that his human body, so he looks down and sees that he doesn't have his human body anymore. He doesn't really recognize what is below him. He, his hands are large bony claws that had formed underneath his ragged skin. So it looks like they kind of formed and then burst through his skin. Right, mm -hmm. right, gross. His feet are transformed into the fins we talked about before and he has a strange color all over. So the fisherman begins to scream. A pair of marrows that approach him calmly and they tell him he needs to breathe relax. Remember, he agreed that they could save his life, but he had to pay the price. So now he belongs to them. To save him, they merged his life with that of the lobsters that crawled below. He was their guardian now, and he was to use his bony claws to tear apart any human who might dare to approach their domain, and to entice him to do his job and do it well, they explained that he could only eat what he could catch. The Glamach is seen by bathers, so like this is going into mythological times. So people who see this creature are, are usually people who have swam way too far out to sea. Mm. So like, you know, when you're a kid and like there's that one person that's way out there at the beach. Yeah. Too far. Anyway, that's who sees this guy. <laughs> they see his bony claw will emerge that guy. Glenn. Glenn, you're done. Damn it, Glenn. You burn. <laughs> a bony claw will emerge from the deep and pull them under, ripping them to shreds, leaving only their screams captured in bubbles. So it is said that if you feel something, brush your legs while swimming. No. Yep. You would do well to make haste towards the shore, for it could be the Glamach reaching for his next meal. Mm. I call them real weird. <laughs> I think you know, the that third one, I can like picture like a weird movie. Like it like, like sci-fi movie, movie or like yes. um yeah, yeah, total sci-fi movie. Who did the um no, I can't remember it. Never mind. Did you ever see Lock and Key? The show. Yeah, sure. yeah. I've only seen half of it. They it's have, really good. Oh, the kids, the Savini, the Savini Club, like makes like their own movie. Yeah. And oh, their monster right. is the lobster monster. That's, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Maybe it's inspired by that. You never know. Maybe. Oh, you know that the Shape of Water movie. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's like like that director would like direct this. Oh, like, a thousand percent. Yeah. Mm. Well, I actually would love to see that. That's why I want it to be, I want that one to be fake because I want to copyright it and get this entire movie. <laughs> Trademark. Yes. Um, ooh. Well, if we can, I hope somebody else makes it. I'll watch it. Fiends, what do you think? One, two, or yeah. three. Okay, your first story was about... Um, the otter dog. Then the then the the werewolf. Like the werewolf before the baby Jesus. <laughs> Free baby Jesus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then and then three. Okay. Uh, what do we got? Yes. What do you guys think? How do you? Uh, how was it spelled with the wolf people? Yeah. Oh, shit. Not how it. Looks. Right. None of them are spelled how they look. None of them. Hold on. Mm -hmm. Glomach isn't either. It's G I G L I O M A C H. It's such an interesting language. It really is. It's like Lichen, right? Lichenfeld is spelled L A I G N E C H F A with an accent A L F A with an accent E L A D. Lichenfeld. I'm stumped. 
Which is weird because when it comes to spooky creatures from Celtic regions, I'm usually on top of my game. Alright, so Brian says three because okay. blue lobsters, we have them in America. That, that's why he feels Ooh. it's fake. No, we don't, but okay. Do we not? We don't. Because they sounded familiar. Not like these. Okay. They have, they found like a blue lobster. Yeah, there's a pure one. blue one in Ireland. Too. Right, yeah, yeah. And it was like. This isn't that one. This isn't that one. This is, theirs looked very different. I was going to say, don't say that name. Yeah, her name is Betty. <laughs> no, no, no. She, they, these have, these are very like specific. They have very dark color on their exoskeleton and then their legs go into this like bright blue and their joints are, are orange. They kind of, they sound so cool. They are pretty cool looking, but we, ours are like not, this, they're not is the same. I mean, I can send you articles on why Maine lobsters and Iron lobsters are different, but that's not as interesting yeah. as you might want it to be. So, um, and then, okay, Sandy says one, okay. which was the otter dog. The otter dog, got Ariel it. Ariel believes it's three as well. Okay. I want three to be false because I want that to be our story. So I'm, bad. <laughs> I'm for some reason stuck between one and three. Yeah. Only because I I feel like I know I've heard Doberku before. Okay. But I don't remember it's so the creature. Is it Scooby-Doo with a head? I literally don't remember, but that also sounds very, very much like it could be like a thing that is in their mythology. It could be. They all could be. You never know. And Oh, sorry. And then I don't, I've never heard of Leech of Hand. Yeah, me either. But I love that story them. and I love that. Right. Yeah. But I've also never heard about a mound, like a mound with 12 golden statues containing demons. They're just all good stories. They're all good They're, great, they're like, all literally really great stories. stories. <laughs> I want them all to be real. <laughs> Jill's here. Hi, Jill. Hey, Jill. Jill. Hey, Jill. Okay. I'm gonna go out on a weird limb, and I'm gonna say number two is false. Oh, okay. Even though I, think I like, I like a weird limb. I like when people yeah. risk it. Yeah. Risking it all. Risk it all. I think what's weird in me out is with three. It's like the description of the lobsters is like weirding me out. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm like they're just off enough that like <laughs> such a weird thing. Um. And like somebody's gonna pay five hundred dollars for lobster, they could just get that. I believe real. that That's I believe one hundred. I will tell you that one thing. No, I don't. <laughs> All right. I don't want. I know. I really like. <laughs> I don't want to be wrong. I don't want to. Be... <laughs> I'm out for two. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think? Because one was mine. I got. I, did you get? I knew. I'm gonna be like, ah oh, man, I believed a different one. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. I'm gonna say. It's the. Why am I Stefan now when I'm waiting? Like <laughs> <laughs> that was so niche. I love it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Look pick. at Leslie. She's destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna pick. Um. Okay. <laughs> Because three feels, everyone's like, I want to go to bed, Leslie, just pick one. Um, <laughs> They're all excited to be here. Three feels like it's not, now, now listening to the rest of them, three felt like the least exciting. <laughs> so it almost feels like that's just the story. And then two 
was interesting. So old timey. You know, a lot of times you choose the old timey ones. <laughs> you go, timey. you go, I you do. go real, <laughs> real late. <laughs> and you're like, Peace. Yeah. before baby Jesus, before baby Jesus. <laughs> and it's such a story I I've know. never heard. I know. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm just gonna stick with John. But I want okay. three. Either way, I want to make a movie about three. <laughs> I agree. Yes. Yes. You get to because I made up three. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Although the, the word Glock is actually the other Gaelic word for lobster, there are only blue lobsters. How the hell did you come up with that? I don't know. I write things about What the hell? <laughs> That's why it felt like one she'd make up, but like you hear me. Like, so like, yeah. yeah. I don't know. They do look like that. There are if you look up Irish lobsters, Irish blue lobsters, they look exactly the way I described them. There was and people do they actually are supposed to taste better. They're supposed mm. to be delicious. Blue blue is blue is better. Blue I guess is the it best is. food. I guess it is. And we we I promise you, we you do, do not have them here. Maine lobsters and Irish lobsters are different. Oh my god, look at them. Are they cool? No, that's oh. the one. That's Betty. That's Wait. Betty. That's Betty. That's yeah, it. eating blue one. is is the most healthy. Now you know. Yeah. And no one's like blueberries and stuff. Yeah. Antioxidants everywhere. Wait, I can't. Eat find... blue, people. Eat blue. Oh, is it? <laughs> Wait, they're more local? Look up Irish blue lobster. I did. So she did. Let me see. That's going to sell all Betty all the time. That's good, Betty. Only Betty. I know. Betty was like bright blue. Is it this? Be- Betty the bright blue lobster. Because this is a dark blue lobster. A little closer. But not exactly. See how it has like orange accents? Yeah. That's closer. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. Oh, here they are. Sure. I idea. Blue legs. Yeah, blue oh, legs, yeah. orange joints, orange and the rest joints. of them is like a wine color. Yeah. They're weird. They're not like ours. They look more like a blue claw crab, but that's, it's a little different. So Betty, the bright blue lobster, which you will see pictures of online, looks fake, but it's not. Betty has a genetic abnormality that you literally will only find once in 500 years. And so she was... Uh, very valuable. She's not mm. the one that sold for five hundred dollars. That was just a really big well, one. Was she be? Yeah, well, she was kept. She was kept alive. They didn't. Yeah, yeah. They didn't kill Betty. I like that Ariel. She must be behind because I like that she. She's like changing to one, but we had already. I, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so like we're gonna trademark the glumuck and make that a yes, side eye movie. It needs to happen. See, this is why I'm. I'm a terrible test taker, just so everyone knows, because I knew from the beginning that that was the wrong. That was oh, the wrong okay, one. No, but no, then no. I let our guest here. Sorry. Sorry. Um, the I can't believe I've never heard of that. I haven't either. They're also yeah. called the werewolves of um. There's a different. Oh God. Werewolves of Dublin. <laughs> oh. Ariel's like, I'm tired. This yeah. is very long. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're done with the official stories now. This is just going to be us rambling for a few minutes. So if you want to hang John, out, John, you want to play some Nirvana? Yeah, oh, we yeah. can go. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see, where is it? Yeah, I want more bread to you. We're going to have to sign off soon ish. Anyway. Do we have anybody left or are you guys all done? You want to just listen to John play Nirvana? Nobody's responding, but that's all right. <laughs> it's a quiet world out there. It is a quiet world out there. Where is, um, the, oh, they're called the werewolves of Ossery, which is like a different thing because it's like a, they're werewolf warriors. The right. most famous part of the legend is this like troop of werewolf warriors that can, that are for hire. I, I have enough- you don't need to get up. I feel like you don't. You stop. 
I'm like, I have a whole like area. So if you can hire a whole army of werewolf warriors, that's the werewolves of Osiris. I have also called the Lane Chappelle. Yeah, but don't hire them. Arm. Yeah, no, don't because then they're you can't like, trust them. What I think baby and babies also I'll eat you. You know what I'll I think happened though? I think in that mythology, that like piece that's missing. I think that they took all the babies that they were going to be given, sacrificed them to that god, and was like, kill all these people because we don't want to be bought anymore. You know, it's another really fun um, footnote to that story. Mm -hmm. There is a sequel to it wherein they say that St. Patrick came in um. and I know he solved <laughs> all the problems and he de he defeated Cromcrouch, their yeah. um, golden sun god of ancient times, and then he fixed everything. So St. Patrick you does tie like, into that story. I don't believe that. That one's There's fake. also yeah, a <laughs> That's the fault, Leslie. Good job. I did it. There's, you nailed it. Do I get extra credit? Do I pass this? You do. 100%. I, I should have listened to Jill. She's a teacher. She always gets the answers right. Sure. <laughs> I did. I mean, it was the one that was written most in my voice, so I'm even joking. I'm not as catchy as Werewolves of London. No, it's not. Werewolves of Osiris is not as, not as good. It could work. It, with the right music, you know, some backpacks in the background. Yeah. Oh, I got it. Werewolves of I mean, Werewolves of Ireland! Yeah. We just need oh. you guys to like, get in there. There it goes. We got it. Anyway, those are all our stories, I think. Yeah. That was fun. Questions, comments, compliments? We'll take them all. And then we're going to sign off shortly. Give these ladies validation. Validation! Please. Please. I need, I need it to melt away the bread I just ate. <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna eat more bread as soon as we're done. I had, I had like that little end piece, so like oh, I'm ready yeah. for like a, mm -hmm. another like big piece. Now. Oh, oh, God. Yeah. That was good. All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, I think we have more people watching now than we did when we no, actually no, we did it. Else. No, there was yeah. for a while. There was like eight people. Yeah, we had eight to ten. Oh. Eight to fourteen people. But I do <laughs> love that we only had six likes for a while. It was like four, but like ten people were listening, and I was like, like our page. <laughs> they don't like it. Like, I'll listen, but I won't like it. I refuse. Well, thank you everyone for joining. Yes, thank yeah. you so much. Uh, happy St. Daddy's Day. And yeah, we'll uh, catch you next Tuesday. And, and it, oh God. And if we were uh, lie in Ireland, I don't know, we told three different sets of stories. I can't. <laughs> sure did. I can't really make it. And, and if we were some shenanigans on St. Patrick's Day, we, we would be, be dead. dead. <laughs> <laughs>Thank you for listening to the We Would Be Dead podcast. Hit subscribe now to never miss an episode. Rate and review our show on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Would Be Dead Pod. And join our Facebook group to discuss the podcast and more.